0: The Retro Lounge is a look back into the archives of the Recruiters Lounge podcast with Jim Stroud and Karen Matinen. The Recruiters Lounge podcast posted weekly between the years of 2005 and 2010. With energy, wit, and opposite points of view, (laughs) Jim Stroud and Karen Matinen discussed, debated, and squabbled like children over HR issues that affected the workplace and society overall for the benefit of all who would listen. This episode of the Recruiters Lounge originally aired on, let's see here, March 28th, 2009. The title was How Reliable Are Unemployment Statistics? That's it, right? Yeah, How Reliable Are Unemployment Statistics? How Reliable Are Unemployment Statistics was the original title. I don't have the original description, unfortunately, can't find it. I was looking everywhere for it. Uh, but could not find it. But you can hear what was said for yourself right after this important message. Critical race theory supports the logic that all whites are born racist and oppressors by nature. They are to be viewed as a collective threat to non-white people and beyond redemption. This sentiment is already infecting the American workplace via racial sensitivity and diversity trainings. Despite the obvious controversy, such trainings are being accepted as just and fair and at an alarming pace across corporate America. Racism Reimagine How Critical Race Theory Imperils the American Workplace is an ebook that I wrote. In it, I do three things. One, I explain the basics of critical race theory. Two, I demonstrate how critical race theory is negatively affecting the American workplace. And three, I hope, <laughs> I hope, <laughs> I inspire a resistance to critical race theory being taught in the workplace. In light of the increased sensitivity to recent events like the George Floyd protests, the emergence of council culture, and the pressures on corporations to adhere to political correctness, the information in my ebook, Racism Reimagined How Critical Race Theory Imperils the American Workplace, is a counterbalance that should be carefully considered prior to new investments in diversity training. Racism Reimagined, How Critical Race Theory Imperils the American Workplace, is a free resource that can be downloaded and, by all means, shared with those in your network. A download link is available in the podcast description. Hi, I'm Jim Stroud. Welcome to The Recruiter's Lounge. The Recruiter's Lounge is a podcast of news, interviews, and commentary on the recruiting industry, and it was designed with you in mind. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your time in The Recruiter's
1: Lounge.
0: Hello, I'm Jim Stroud.
2: And I'm Karen Madman.
0: And this is The Recruiter's Lounge. A new kind of opening from the everyday opening uh, that we usually have at the lounge because we're trying to do something different here in the lounge. It's a brand new year. You know, actually, this is our first podcast of 2008.
2: That is. Happy New Year, everybody. New Year.
1: Woo! Oh, my
2: gosh. Anyways, he's giving me kudos now back, okay? He's giving me the kudos I think he he thinks I deserve. Yes. What? <laughs> you're giving me the kudos I deserve. I am? Yeah.
0: Yes I am because Yes you
2: are. Such
0: a wonderful co host.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you're so wonderful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Uh, okay. In- it's okay. Ins-
2: My nose is brown enough, okay?
0: Insert sappy music here. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: <laughs> what did you get for Christmas? I I forgot to ask you that. What'd you get? Anything good?
2: A lot of people loving me. Woohoo. Serious, you won't believe how many That right on video
0: or just?
2: Oh, it was like, no, I mean, people from the industry and stuff. I had so many emails from so many people. Oh. And you know what's so bad is that mm. this this year I did not send out any Christmas cards to anyone. You
0: know what? I didn't either. You know what I did, did too? I'm, I'm sending emails to people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a lot of text messages I have text messages back and forth over the holidays Which I think that might be like the new Christmas card thing It just sent a text message
2: Or SMS message too, yeah yeah, I, you I know, that I, a lot too Yeah, My husband had a couple of those too by the way He showed me them He thought that was kind of weird Because he doesn't do messaging He's one of those weird guys that doesn't get into the internet you know? But he uses the
0: phone just for calling people? mm
2: mm-hmm.
0: Oh that's so nice and He
2: doesn't use the internet either He always has me look up stuff for him he knows how to do it, but he said, well, can you go search something for me? <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, you know when people keep saying they can, you can find everybody on the Internet? I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> you don't know my husband. All
1: right, well. My husband, my
2: sons are like that, too. Even though you can you know MySpace, the whole thing, they're not into it anymore. They can't work out. Mm. It's kind mm. of weird.
1: Mm.
2: I, have, I know people who actually don't like using the Internet.
0: Well, you know, I was asking about the video because I was thinking about, maybe we should put a video up um, of ourselves. Up on the next episode of Curious so people can see what we look like. Ew. <laughs> I know you're. I know you're photo adverse,
1: <laughs> or no, well, like video adverse. I have a phobia.
0: You should get over it. No, people God. want to see what you look like.
2: My so when you start
0: ranting, they can have more of a mental picture of how you're looking when you're ranting.
2: Well, you know, my in-laws actually think that I might be one of them, the FBI or something. Mm. I just don't like having pictures done. There's only about three pictures in our house. No, my,
0: wife, my wife's the same way. She doesn't like taking pictures.
2: <laughs> Your wife, too?
0: She hates taking pictures.
2: I, I swear. You, you
0: had to catch her in just the right mood and when she's not looking.
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly. I am so not photogenic. I swear I do um, not know why.
0: Okay, we're rambling. We're rambling. Let's get back to, to <laughs> what we're here for. This
2: is rambling.
0: Well, maybe not, but, you know.
2: It's the New Year. All right, let's you. wrap
0: it up. Happy New Year, everyone.
2: Hey, by the way, you were what? telling me about something that's really, really interesting.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, let's start off with that one. let start with that one. Because, okay. you know, I was in India last year, um, and I wish I had known about this when I was there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I, I, it, it was in Hyderabad. This this is – I went to Hyderabad. People who don't know I was in Hyderabad, India. I, was, I, I don't get tired of saying that because I had such a good time there. And um, did some training and, and trained some recruiters on how to use the Internet to find people and other stuff like that. And he was good too, by the way. <laughs> and um, I, I read this article recently. It was in the Wall Street Journal, and it was in Hyderabad. And I wish, oh, I wish I'd known this when I was there. But let me just, let me just tell you what it was about. Uh, this article in the Wall Street Journal was talking about uh, Lord Balaji, which is uh, a worship uh, incarnation. Of, or he's a, a Hindu god. Uh, this is one of the incarnations of the Hindu Lord Vishnu. And um, he's getting a lot of hype and a lot of attention in Hyderabad lately because um, this Hindu god, Lord Balaji, um, he is now nicknamed the Visa God. And it's a certain temple in Hyderabad called Shakur Balaji where people go. Uh, actually, it draws about 100,000 visitors a week. And many of them go to pray to Lord Balaji for visas to travel or to move to the United States in other Western countries. So if you were um, a Hindu or if you were um, uh, a worshiper of this particular god, uh, you would come to this particular temple or maybe other temples too, uh, the temple Shukur Balaji, and you would go there and you would pray that uh, this Hindu god would, would bless you so that you can get a visa and come to America and work, which I thought was. So interesting, and I was like, "Man, I wish I had known." When I was there, I took pictures and asked people, and it was just... and this, Let me let me quote this. Let me quote this this section from the from the Wall Street Journal here. And it's, it's this guy, named Mahanti uh, uh, Dolago Binda. I'm, I'm probably massacring this poor guy's mm-hmm. name here, but let's just go by Mahanti. He's one of the visa God believers that the Wall Street Journal had interviewed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And three years ago, um, a U.S. consulting uh, company applied for a visa on his behalf, and it was rejected. And the company tried again the following year. Well, Mr Um well, Mahante, uh friends told him say, Hey dude, go down to the Shakur Balaji Temple ahead of your next interview with the US Consulate. Go down there first and pray to the Visa God and he'll take care of you. And sure enough, weeks later, uh he sailed through the interview. <laughs> and and when uh once interviewed him he said, I've never heard of anyone who's gone to the temple whose visas got rejected. Wow, I thought that was just amazing,
2: <laughs> now for many Catholics, I think that would be the consideration i'm which I'm Catholic by the way. I think we would call him Saint Francis of Assisi, <laughs> oh. Okay. I mean, you know how we have these saints for everything too. So they kinda of like, you know, go to the saint and you say, Pray for us so that we could get whatever we want. I think we'd have like that. I think our virgin would be like the Saint Francis with the He's a work of miracles, you know. Wow. I, I just, that is
1: fascinating to me. I think
2: that's extremely fascinating. I mean, it's like what's also fascinating to me in this regard, okay? Hmm. When we were thinking when you told me about this, the first thing that can pop up in my mind was, you know, how badly I wanted to move to America. When I was younger I mean I had these dreams Of the streets Being lined with gold And paved with gold You know And I thought It would be easy To come to move here And I have an aunt That's American Cousins You know right. And I wanted To have that I wanted to just Live in America So badly I could just eat it It was just The feeling This, You know what I mean i right, are like, getting your wow. picture Yeah exactly It's like you know I would have probably Done anything Cut off my hands Just to live in America mm. And, you know, I I, um, I feel it for these people. I mean,
0: on, are you getting ready to bash the U.S. of A.?
2: No, I'm not going to bash it. I'm just going to say it's like, you know, it's not what you think it is. When you when you know what you have in this vision, you know, you see on television, mm. or the, you know, y- what you see and what you think it's supposed to be like. And when you get here, it ain't the same.
0: It, you know what? It's like it's like any it's like an opportunity. It's an opportunity to make good. You're not guaranteed yeah, yeah, that you're is. not guaranteed to have two cars in your garage and and you know um, all that stuff. It, but you but you what you guaranteed is an opportunity to to make something of yourself.
2: Absolutely. But the thing is, here's the funny part. Look at now they're this is reversing though. I mean, many of these people who come here now are you no, know, but they know that they have this financial opportunity now to make the same amount of money are going back. There's a tremendous number of many uh, people from India who are returning back home um
0: I haven't heard for minutes now I've heard of people who oh, come I'm I'm i've that. heard I'm people who come over here you know? not, wait wait I've heard people who come over here mm-hmm. and who study and then um they go take back that knowledge back to their country
2: that's a big one too but, but is that what you're talking about? No, actually, there was this really great It was an actually an action, indian um I saw this just recently it was on uh it was a forum. Was many people from India, mm-hmm. and they were talking about, the, I guess there's a patriotic forum, okay, um, forum, about all these Give me a link
0: to that, because so, I want to... I, I will.
2: I'll have to find it again. for it people
0: me. who are listening, well, a lot of times we'll quote articles, and you're like, yeah, yeah, you're pulling out the sky.
2: And I can't always but, remember, but I'll try to find right, it. Right, but if
0: you, if you go to my site, com, and you'll uh, look up this particular podcast, com slash podcast, you'll see them all there. I'll put links to each um I'll put links in the description of this of this um, podcast so you can see what we're talking about. But go and ahead. And
2: if anyone who's familiar with this link to uh, this site, can you please go ahead and put it on there if you don't see it in the next couple of days, please? Because I know this is a very popular site. Okay? Well, what's, the
0: na- what's the name of it?
2: I cannot remember. But, hold on, I was looking up visas. I was looking up visa information, okay? All right,
0: all right. Because I, I don't want to just quote stuff out the eye. Uh, all right. right I going to
2: try to remember to get it. So all right. Finish it.
0: your point. Finish your point, and we'll post it. Thank
2: you. All right. Anyways. So um, there were these people who were all going back, and some people who were actually had returned, and they were talking about why they were returning back home, and they explained about the cost of living, the way they were, they found that they are making so much more money in India based on the cost of living index versus if they were making the same amount of money or lower money income down here in America. And they got to go back home, and they also were talking about why they also you know left because they know that the American dream wasn't what they had felt it was going to be. I will find the site. I promise you guys I will find the link, but it 's very interesting because you're hearing it from the perspective from people from India themselves. There were some Americans who had responded weren't you know typical scathing kind of remarks like, "Well, then, if you don't like it, go back kind of situation." Mm. But it was really interesting to see because there, they, what led me to this originally too also, I was looking up information visas, but also there was an article written in Forbes or one of those big uh, fortunes, that had discussed how many people from India were returning home. After they came here, got the experience, they did return home because they found it to be more effectively a cost of living. But
0: you know what's ironic about that, and I was reading this in daily report, and I'll also post this on the the, um, podcast description as well. Mm
1: -hmm. But
0: a lot of um, – it's sort of a weird situation going on. A lot of jobs are outsourced to India, as Mm -hmm. everyone knows. Mm -hmm. And uh, say, you know, call center jobs. Um, software writing, medical transcription, back office work, that kind of thing. Even yeah. the
2: airline being fixed, yes, they all love right, jobs.
0: Yeah, JetBlue uses, uses, uh, outsources a lot of their customer service. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you have about, uh, between call centers, um, software writing, all that kind of stuff, you got about, say, 1.6 million uh, young men and women in India, uh, mostly in their 20s and 30s. And what they're experiencing, ironically enough, is what one um, listener emailed me about was called golden handcuffs. Because you're expected to work like uh, fourteen to fifteen hours a day, and uh if you're not a performer if if you're not if you're not working fourteen fifteen hours a day you're not really considered a uh, a performer, although you're getting you know uh a huge amount of cash in respect to their cost of living there and you get those amenities and a shiny office and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If you don't perform uh at, at fourteen fifteen hours a day on average then you're not considered a performer so if you're not moving up, eventually you're moving out. And HR people there in these companies, they, they know this, but they're basically turning a blind eye to it. And what's ironic about that is that people are they are starting to see – an increase in things like uh, sleep disorders and heart disease and depression They're coming and that
1: Americans. Kind of they oh are, wow. No, that
0: doesn't mean they're coming Americans.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: it's just it's just ironic that you know you they're being outsourced to India and they're having this kind of
2: Jim, Come on. And
0: now India is having a lot of a lot of issues that some Americans are having, but some no, you, you can't you can't say the raw majority of 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 Americans. We're business. number one
2: in the world in regards to job related stress. We're number one in the world in regards to also be due to job related stress and heart disease. So when you, you stress-
0: hear this kind of thing you hear this kind of thing, you're saying that we're exporting all of our all of our bad issues with these jobs
2: as well? Okay, let's call it I call it like basically a workaholic disease, okay? This is this is what capitalism that people fight for. We love capitalism.
0: <laughs> you you prefer communism?
2: Capitalism.
0: You prefer communism to capitalism?
2: No, I never well, said that.
0: Okay, so we, So what, what alternative is it? There's
2: democracy, there's republic, and then there's also social democracy. There's a whole bunch of stuff in between capitalism and, and communism. Hey,
0: capitalism, love it. Love it. Love capitalism. Uh-huh.
2: Well, let's see what happens. You don't really get to enjoy that's, it.
0: No, it's, a, it's a matter. No, that's a matter of setting your own priorities.
2: Who's going to allow you to set the priorities? If you want to enjoy capitalism, you want to enjoy the money, then unless you're working for yourself in America, you've got bosses who are going to tell you you have to do X, Y, and Z, whether or not you even I mean, Not so, money. because
0: in America you can complain to HR, and they have this thing that many companies oh, trumpet. The, work, the companies are always trumpeting in their in their um, job descriptions, work-life balance. Okay. You, you, you do a search online for work-life balance and see how many companies come up.
2: Yes. You can see a lot of people are saying that, and I agree. And you know I've written about this at HR, kind of like trying to strive for it. Right. But the problem is you as an individual will know that the guy right there next to you in your office is going to be trying to hark on your job as soon as you slip up. So what you have to do is you always have to be better than your last sale. You're on, in, in recruiting, we call it you're only as good as your last placement. So, like wait, wait, you are you talking to, about
0: in terms of workers in general or in terms of recruiters?
2: Yes, and you work in general. Okay, in sales, it'd be called you're only as good as your last sale. In recruiting, we'd call it you're only as good as your last placement. If you're a search, a search you do searching, you'd only be as good as your last name generation that you pull in. Whatever you do in living, you're only as good as what you did last time. I
0: think it's all a matter of perspective. It
2: may be, but the problem Not a perspective, is it's an like, individual. The fact is, if I go into work, I know, let's say in India, in mm. India, Hmm. I know that there's about 50,000 people trying to compete for my job. So it's up to me. Maybe, now, sure, the company is saying, yeah, work-life balance, and I agree with that. They're probably pushing for that. But then there's always going to be someone out there trying to be better than me to get my job.
0: So, yeah, so I guess it depends on how you want to uh, frame your career. Do you see yourself as being in a particular company for life, like back in the 50s here in America? Like if you if you work for, say, General Motors, in the 50s or even in the 80s, you know, you were there. You were there for life. You know, you, you started working there at 18, then you retired. But the average job seeker now, quite a few of them, stay on a job just a few years and they go somewhere else, and then eventually they may start a business or an entrepreneur, uh,
2: that's an okay. entrepreneur that's endeavor America's of some sort. That doesn't work out too. So, but okay. that could
0: work. That could work in any country. I mean, you work I mean, somewhere I mean, long enough to know get.
2: How many businesses fail in the first months. That's true. But the I guy who created
0: Walmart, how many times did he fall did he fail? Like what, seven
2: times? No, Walmart. He said, what? I thought he pretty much started Walmart because that was Walmart for him. I think no, it. no, Sam he, Walton? It was, I think Sam Walton that was his own I free.
1: think he started
0: other businesses before Walmart took off. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, I don't I know that for to, sure so I can argue that but I wouldn't lie
2: to you if I say I, I, but I believe that was him by the story. But I'm not gonna say that but I'm not talking about just other people. We're talking first off, not everybody wants to own a business. You don't want and I know a lot of people who just want to have that. Even recruiters who work for other people, who don't want to leave the company because they love the security from, that comes from it. Which, by the way, I think is a false security. Okay, I think that people who, because let's take America for example right hmm. now. Here in America today, person, uh, American family, in regards to the cost of of inflation, is making significantly less and living. And there are lower standards than the family back in 1975.
0: Who is the the, the present family living living in a lower standard than the family in the 70s here in America?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Today, the American family... You have today, stats for that? Because
0: that doesn't sound right to me.
2: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, Pew just did... Uh, Pew, I'm going to give you the guys who did this, okay? Um, Northwestern National Life also, but I'm not right. finished with this, and I'm going to finish off with this gonna get you some information, okay?
0: Yeah, write these links down so we can but see that we're not pulling out there. the average family's
2: annual income in the early 70s was not high enough to buy the average house. Their annual income in America... Most America employers back then also paid for health care premiums for their employees. Two of the most highest expensive things that we ever have to deal with is a house and your employ and your health care. And yet, our employers used to cover them. And your annual income, your paycheck, could buy a house, a car back then would cost about five grand.
0: You might have, well. You know what? I was reading something recently. You might have a point about about the health care because I don't know if I told you this before, but it was. Um there's this trend now where companies are, are being able to get out of paying benefits for people who once they turn 65 mm-hmm. and become eligible for Medicare, which is uh, very scary if you're in your 60s.
2: And Now listen to this. This was funded by Pew Charitable Trust,
1: All right.
2: where they explored how well men in each generation were doing compared to their fathers in a similar age. And their recent generation, ear- the, the, the most recent generation earning, is earning less than their fathers and grandfathers at a similar age. This is a, again adjusted for inflation.
0: Well, let me ask you this then: maybe that it's maybe if that's been the case. Maybe the reason is because people are not staying on jobs for life like no, they did during no. that time period. We
2: can't afford to nowadays. Well, that's not so no, much. Well, it's, but it's it cheaper.
0: Is. At the same, is cheaper to keep her if you know you're going to hire someone in nineteen eighty and you know that by two thousand seven they'll still be there, Actually, statistically speaking. And you'll make the investment. But this if-
2: is where I have and we've had this um discussion about this before and I even wrote that article, one mm. that I was picked up as well by Wall Street Journal journal, okay? Mm. Let me give you a perfect example of what's going on. It's this stupid polluted belief that there's a war for talent, okay? But the problem is it's not there, and it doesn't exist. Minimum wages hasn't gone – the first time minimum wages have gone up in 20 years was this year. Okay? okay. That means, seriously, 20 years. We had tons of inflation, but minimum wages didn't go up, which meant, okay, we will go ahead and keep minimum wages down, which also means we don't have to raise other wages. But inflation just kept going up through the roof. House prices, for example, here in California mm. – only twenty percent, less than twenty percent, can afford to buy a house in California. Less than twenty percent of the population, but they did not raise wages here in San Diego, particularly. What
0: about argument? If you raise the wages, you're hurting the business; they won't be able to afford to, to uh, pay as many people. So you have to force wages. few people to do more work.
2: They get to buy more. They get to be able to buy more, which means that people are buying more from your place, and you get to have to hire more people to have to be able to sell more. See. I afford to stay at a hotel if I'm making more money. I could go ahead and eat out at restaurants if I'm making more money, which means these people that own the restaurants get to spend more money. It's called kind of, everwhere, Reaganomics, kind of the trickle down effect, kind of a thing.
0: So you're you're in favor of that kind of economic?
2: Uh, you have to. I mean, the thing is, we saw how bad the not raising the wages in 20 years has hurt our economy. Our economy has not been good since 1980. In fact, it's let me not be been good.
0: I just read. I just read. I just read an article, okay, I just read an article that, and I'm like, man, a lot of articles. I'm going to post to this podcast.
2: Okay, but I read that it was
0: speculated that we may go up to five percent unemployment in 08. Oh, so that, does that mean ninety-five percent of Americans are working? Is that Jim, bad?
2: Jim, they're not taking in long-term unemployment. They're not also taking in the lack of jobs. See, those, those numbers, I love those numbers because I also talked about this. You want to look at really what are how many jobs are there out in the world. In fact, let's take the housing market. Hmm. Unemployment stayed at 4% when yet there was about a million people who got laid off in one year. <laughs> so you know the thing is, when you look at unemployment numbers, don't mean I keep looking at these unemployment numbers and I'm saying, wait, they've been four percent for the last ten years. Are, really? Yet long-term unemployment was at the highest it's ever been in history. You know, I look at this stuff and I go, wait, how can we not as Americans we're living worse than our parents and our grandfathers do? Okay. We're not able to purchase an That house just the does
0: not sound right to me. I want to get we an economics expert on the show. we buying
2: this. our spending powers as our grandparents and parents do, based upon the most. Now, maybe, I mean, things like clothes are a little cheaper, mm-hmm. some things like electronics, but the main things that we need, the things like housing, things like homes, those are areas that we have that are unfortunately more expensive. And the thing is, as I said, Pew just did this. Um, they said, after inflation rise in the cost of living between these generations, while food and clothing has dropped, housing, transportation, education, medical care, and so on, have increased far more dramatically.
0: So am I hearing you correctly that you think well, – do you think a recession is around the corner?
2: Well, recession. We've been in a recession, but what happens is, is that you have a
0: recession when you have you have less than five percent unemployment.
2: I'm going to give you okay. You, have you ever heard of the clock? The um, what's that called? That clock that they have in New York City that shows what our economic. What is that called? Call, call? Do you know what? How much
0: the uh, national debt clock?
2: Yeah, the national
0: debt clock is yeah. okay. Well, explain. Explain, explain to people. There, there's a clock in New York that shows you how much debt the, comp- the, the entire country has has uh, consumed that we have to pay off eventually, right. or at least our great great grandkids at this rate. And you can see that you see this number on a huge clock in New
2: York City. Did you know that back in 1980, what was it, 1988 or something like that? It was the year that President. Bush. The Reagan came in? The President Bush came in.
0: Oh, the first Bush, yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. That year, right before he came into politics, right. that year, that clock actually started going backwards. Okay. Okay. That was the year that we paid off $100 billion worth of our national debt. Yep. Okay, and the clock—they actually had to pull the clock, turn it off. They put a clock over it because it was confusing people because it was going backwards. Now, prior right before, but two to three years uh, was about a little bit longer than that. But ten years before that it was twelve years before that when they had first put that clock in, it actually blew. It was going so fast that it was blew the actual, um, what's the word, it blew the, the power of the motor of it, okay? <laughs> it blew the motor. We were,
0: so much, yeah, some, we were accumulating so much debt do, that it broke the by, clock.
2: By the way, everything I say can always be found, okay? In the air, and if you're good at Google, you can actually find this. I'm not making anything up here, okay? Hmm. So what happened here was that, you know, the new. since then we've got into war, And we know our dollar, there is no dollar. I mean, we have no money in the Federal Reserve. There is nothing in the Federal Reserve. People think we have all this money in reserve. We have zero zero, ditch in the Federal Reserve, okay? China is supporting our dollar. And we owe literally, did you know that every single day America's debt was, I think, was like $1 billion? How are
0: we getting this much debt?
2: How did, well? I think a lot of it's the, the war that we're paying and well, all the sure. money that we owe out in the interest that we own. Earn in fact just just three hundred million to just pay off from the interest on the debt that we owe. So the thing is, so when I read about this unemployment numbers, okay, mm. and I get really concerned because people go, "Oh my God, no, we were doing great. Unemployment's only." Well, let me ask you
0: this then, because every time we have this conversation, whether well, it's you know on the air off. We'll go back, and I'll say the Department of Labor says this, and you pull up a research report that says that. Where, would, In your opinion, where are the most accurate numbers can be found on exactly how many people are unemployed versus how many are employed?
2: There is an issue, um, and this is the problem that comes up. We stop counting unemployed people after three months.
0: So the numbers reflect people who
2: are collecting unemployment insurance. And there's where the issue that's why it's been stagnant because you see we stopped counting the they stopped all the other numbers uh Bush uh Bush the Bush administration stopped collecting the numbers and data on the long-term unemployed. They stopped doing that, okay? Mm. And don't ask me why. That's one of the reasons that you will see unemployment pretty much being consistent Has it been for the last 10 years at a, hovering around 4%, okay? 4.2, 4.3, 4.5, 4.7, whatever. It's been consistent. And you have to ask yourself, well, okay, what's the real, real numbers? Now I want you to remember something that happened mm. right about was I'll say three four months ago, okay?
1: Mm.
2: When there was this huge situation that occurred, when it wasn't even that long. It was back about an, a month ago, and we the, the government had thought we were going to have a hundred thousand jobs, okay? Yeah. The unemployment rate stayed at 4.6% in August. Here's the date. Here's the date. Now, despite the drop in payrolls, which was in line with the economic forecast, the unemployment rate, though, is calculated using a separate survey of households rather than the employer survey used to count those on U.S. payroll.
0: So you think they're asking the wrong people.
2: So they don't look at But you can get this information if you really, really want to get the information. This is where the issue was. Mm. They were expecting about 5,000 jobs. Okay? Right. Um, 500,000 jobs. Sorry, But there was a drop. Instead of getting a rate um, going up, we lost 316 jobs that week. And they were expecting more. Instead, we got less. The unemployment rate, though, stayed unchanged because those counted as unemployed also decreased by 24,000 because they stopped collecting unemployment. So what you need to be looking at is jobs per thousand, JPT. Or payroll population, or the employment-to-population. Those are the accurate numbers as to whether or not we're in a recession or not in a recession.
0: You know what I'm going to invite you to do, and our listeners, I'm going to, to ask you all, all, all of you guys, to check out this site. I was looking at while you were while you were running there. I was looking at a couple of websites, and one site came out look very interesting to me, mm-hmm. called Job Watches. It's by the Economic Policy Institute. You can find it at JobWatch, Job W-A-T-C-H dot org, mm-hmm. and it is uh, research analysis by the Economic Policy Institute
1: mm-hmm. where
0: they do um, research on working people. Mm-hmm. And I'm sort of scanning through some of the articles. It's actually a blog, what it looks like.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But one thing they have here, it says um, an article on the state of jobs and wages, and they're saying that uh, economy up, wages down. Mm-hmm. They talk about uh, sluggish private job growth indicates mm-hmm. failure of tax cuts.
2: I want to take you something here. I'm reading like that. Business Week wrote here, okay? I'm going to I'll give you the link on these two, okay? As yeah. I have them in front of me. Yeah. Business Week wrote this. If the percentage of Americans participating participating in the workforce were the same now as it was in 2000, the number officially counted as unemployed would be 9.1 million rather than 7.1. And the unemployment rate would be 5.8 instead of 4.6. Hmm. So the thing is, what we stopped doing that, we stopped counting the JPTs, we stopped counting all this information. Why? Because, you know what, I keep thinking about this economy, you see, we keep, like for example, Bush just went ahead and said, okay, we're going to salvage this interest rate. We're going to go ahead and, you know, like keep the interest rates lower. We're going to salvage all those people who bought all these houses and homes that, you know, they shouldn't be salvaged. It you know to help to bear, you know, but we're going to save them, okay? We're going to save a lot of people who went out of their way and bought these ridiculous mortgages knowing they couldn't afford it, okay? Mm. And so what ended up happening is it's like putting hot air in a huge balloon. Keep blowing up this hot air, and then you put the later on you put that hot air balloon into a freezer, it's going to burst. And that's what we've been doing to this economy for the past seven years.
0: So what do you see happening in 2008 for the average job seeker? And well, what I,
2: hap- what I predicted, you know, everybody laughed at me about this too, but I predicted that the housing market was going to crash in the summer of this year. We talked we probably, about
0: that in a podcast. If I remember what podcast it is, we could probably
2: yeah, we probably put a, could. Of a
0: recording of it.
2: I think we probably did because I remember when I said, hey, look, we're going to see this housing market crash. It was coming. It was ballooning. I saw that. I predicted that. I think it was November of 2006. I predicted that. Okay? Mm. And I said, summer, you'll see it by the summer. And I wasn't doing it by myself. I mean, I was predicting it, going by predict- predictions based upon other economists, based upon history, looking at what happened 10 years ago, looking at how staffing number jobs were going down, looking at all the stuff that you were seeing, and you saw based upon what these guys were saying. I wasn't making this up. I'm playing it out. I mean, I'm not an economist. I'm just going by what people You just are play one on TV. <laughs> no, I don't play one on TV either. All I did was look at people's information and said, look, History repeats itself.
0: Well, what I want to do is just get those links that you're talking about and, and point people to those links so they can get evaluate what we're talking about
2: well, this is and what about we're doing that. India.
0: Yeah, this
2: is I mean, true. Well, no, no
0: wait, wait, I won't say this is true. What, what, what exactly are you saying? What we're doing to India?
2: Okay, because like what we're doing is we're bringing that. And this is again back to capitalism and free enterprise. Here it is, where now these guys are now seeing a huge influx in their interest there, okay, in the, the uh, inflation, okay? They're mm. seeing that. They're seeing these raises, and by the way, did you hear about their salaries are raising tremendously, too? So that's one of the reasons, too, where Americans are now coming back. We, we're seeing a lot of companies insourcing. Take Yahoo, for example. They're insourcing, up Yahoo, SBC, mm. are insourcing a predominant number of all of their call centers. I think it was like 40,000 people are coming back, jobs are coming back. Well, it isn't
0: necessarily driven by economy. It could be driven by um, people complaining that um, they want to talk to people uh, with better accents or their accents aren't as heavy.
2: Well, not, that not, was, not to well, slam know, anyone
0: but, in in, but in the, at all, but I'm just they saying. They went
2: there to because it caught cheap, cheap labor. They went there for cheap labor. Well, you can they're also fun. get
0: the same amount of labor for the same price in, um, what, Brazil, which a lot of companies are outsourcing call centers there, too. They
2: are doing that now, too, but then you are seeing the same thing happening. The salaries are raising over there, too. Why? Because it's become competitive. You're not just competing with American firms. You're competing with British firms. You're competing with Russian firms. You're competing with other countries. Well, see, I think them.
0: that's a good thing, though.
2: Yes, it is. I think so it's, it's
0: a is. very good thing.
2: Yes, what, though? that's why we're coming back home i mean it is a good thing i'm not against i'm not against capitalism but you got to understand that capitalism does not it's not as free as what people think it is People think capitalism means no laws, no regulations, no rules, nothing like that. I
0: don't think that. I don't no, think it we're means we're no rules, and I don't think it's like a wild, wild west scenario kind of thing. It, it but I do think that, that. is it's is good because it presents an opportunity, an opportunity that you can um, get what you what you can out of it.
2: Absolutely, but the thing is, that comes with capitalism comes a cost. And capitalism must. you See, it's just like everything else. You can't have full free democracy. You know, like the democratic society. If it was just all democratic or all republican or whatever, it ends up being almost like a uh, like a uh, like how socialism was. Great idea, but you've got to have a balance. It's has gotta it gotta have a pro and a con, to, unless it's uh, to and to have positive anarchy. Okay, everything creates an anarchy eventually. But well, what we're seeing is an anarchy in, in regards to the free form of capitalism. Wait,
0: did you say everything creates an anarchy eventually.
2: Eventually, if you keep it all in one consistent form, if there was only true, everybody was happy all the time, eventually that would become, create anarchy. If everybody was sad and miserable all the time,
0: oh, you're everything. saying it needs to be like everything needs to be a balance. There okay. has
2: to be a balance. I can't, one agree,
0: one. I can't agree. I can't agree with everything needs balance. But you know yeah. what? Hmm? The little little buzzer on the, on the clock.
2: Oh, uh, twenty minutes.
0: Yeah. Uh. No.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's been
0: more, but you know it's a good conversation. And I'm sorry. No, 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 not at all, not at all. This is what people tune in to us for.
2: Actually, uh, can I make make a plug here about something. Please do. I really saw this. Kind of got me, kind of going today because I saw a movie called Maxed Out yesterday. Maxed out. And it's that on DVD. It's a DVD. In fact, you can rent it right now. And I'll tell you, I would suggest that most Americans really, really should watch this. Why? If you have your teenage kids, you should also watch this. Why? This is one of the most chilling movies you would ever notice in regards to basically the American style of that. And how, right now, pretty much, a lot of people don't recognize this, but. Companies like Capital One and uh, all these different banks, et cetera, they want you to be in debt.
0: Yeah, that's so where they get the money from.
2: Right. They want you also. Do you know they would rather give you – they would rather you don't pay your, your payments off?
0: So you can be a slave and pay them interest for the rest of your life.
2: Exactly. I right. mean, the thing is, because also they're the ones who pushed to make sure that the bankruptcy laws were changed.
0: I'm sure. You have to get the bottom line. So this, this, this movie, Maxed Out, was it a documentary?
2: Um it's a documentary but it actually has some very very high powerful individuals also speaking um Um, And it has some true people, their stories, people who actually committed suicide, about two kids who committed suicide, who are still receiving credit card applications, by the way. I mean, And one woman who, listen, you know, her daughter had died and she had done a a colon and they said, no, she was dead. And now she had the, you know, the government's on her, calling her basically um, a credit threat and everything else, uh, a threat to American society. I mean, it is one of the most... Intriguing movies I saw, but what really kind of gets to you, it shows basically, for example, I mean, this is one thing that's totally scary. Did you know that your FICA information is inaccurate 90% of the time?
0: Explain to listen listener what FICA is for those who overseas may not understand what we're talking about.
2: Your FICA score in America is basically your credit score, what they say you have to earn to be able to purchase or to get credit, okay? Right. You want a credit card? You've got to have a FICA score. And the higher your score is, the better your interest rates are. The lower it is, the lower your interest rates are. But get this, it's the people with the really low FICA scores who keep getting all those credit card offers.
0: Because those are the ones who will, who will always stay in debt.
2: And they're the ones that they want. And they want those guys because they want to make sure they don't pay interest, et cetera. Well, coming back to what America's and our American economy. The problem is a lot of these people who are in debt based upon these interest rates and these penalties and the new laws that have come out, uh, many of these individuals will not be able to pay off their debt in their lifetime.
0: Passing on to the next generation and thus keeping the companies richer for another generation uh, and so on.
2: Sometimes you don't. You get to get a write it off when you die, you know, and that's where some people do. And the thing but is, until
0: that law is changed by the big corporations,
2: right? And the thing is, I mean, actually, it's the big corporations who push for it, okay? But the thing is, that's really sad. Again, when we're making less money, but we have to spend more. I mean, think about this: in 1970, your paycheck was the cost of a house. Wow. I mean. No way that average person in America's paycheck is going to be the average house in America. And the average house in California is 300000
0: And on that note, we're going to wrap it up here. Um, if you had any questions or comments about the thing discussed here in this podcast, by all means, give us an email. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can reach us at jimstroud, G-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D, at Jim com. Also, to uh, check out the archives of this podcast, check that out also at com slash podcast. And um want to wish all of the listeners here a uh, happy new year. Thank you for making this podcast a resounding success. Um, it's all because of you, our listeners. We just stay here and talk forever, but if you're not there listening, then what's the point? So we want to thank you for listening. And uh, happy new year, Karen. Mm-hmm.
2: And thank you. And back to you and happy new year to everyone. And I'm, thank you for letting me ramble. That's why we love you. I mean, and I, you know what? You're so patient. You're so patient. Thank you.
0: Ah. <laughs> bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye. I'm Jim.
0: Well, that's it for this show. You've been a wonderful audience. If you like what you heard, love what you heard, or <laughs> just plain hate what you just heard, uh, let me know. Your feedback matters. You can reach me through my website at jimstroud.com slash podcast. That's jimstrou dot slash podcast. So until next time, I'm Jim Stroud, and you're not.
1: Radio, 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 Innovative audio on demand.
0: And so this ends this edition of the Retro Lounge, home of classic episodes of the Recruiter's Lounge podcast. If you haven't already, uh, subscribe now so you don't miss a future episode. Okay? Cool. Until next time, bye-bye.
2: That's what